Developing equanimity, the root of loving kindness. The way to meditate on compassion will be taught from the outset. Begin the practice by meditating on equanimity. Try to actualize impartiality towards all sentient beings by eliminating attachment and hatred. All sentient beings desire happiness and do not desire misery. Think deeply about how, in this beginningless cycle of existence, there is not one sentient being who has not been my friend and relative hundreds of times. Therefore, since there is no ground for being attached to some and hating others, I shall develop a mind of equanimity towards all sentient beings. Begin the meditation on equanimity by thinking of a neutral person and then consider people who are friends and foes. After the mind has developed equanimity towards all sentient beings, meditate on loving kindness. Moisten the mental continuum with the water of loving kindness and prepare it as you would a piece of fertile ground. When the seed of compassion is planted in such a mind, germination will be swift, proper, and complete. Once you have irrigated the mind stream with loving kindness, meditate on compassion. Yeah, that's awesome. This is uh, sort of chapter four, part four of, uh, of the text here. I, I love the uh, sort of the farming uh, metaphor at the end. Yeah, very potent analogy. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if, you, if, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about equanimity all the time and loving kindness. And uh, it seems like here he's sort of tying it to compassion. If you want to develop your compassion, then this is this is a top way to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think what's i guess important to understand about these kinds of texts is i think we've said this before and i think i say it a lot but it goes it's worth repeating <laughs> is that they're in the context of what's possible for a human being like they're it's in the context of you could mm -hmm. become a completely evolved enlightened holy being and uh in order to do that then this compassion that we're supposed to be developing it can't be uh is it called was it in, exclusive or inclusive whatever i get those mixed up it, mm. it can't exclude some it has to include everybody yeah yeah and that's not so easy yeah there's you know some maybe you got someone in your life you don't like they might <laughs> even be related to you <laughs> and you think well i'll just ignore them but they're saying here, or, or whatever, you know, you'll just put up with them. But they're saying here, you know, all of these people you've been swirling around with all these lives, you were their mother, they are, they're your mother, and so on yeah. and so forth. And you can't escape that, you know. Yeah. And that, you know, if you've got somebody who is, uh, well, 
they're irritating, irritating, or they're doing things that uh, appear to be harmful in the world, and mm-hmm. y- you know, you make this decision. Well, they don't deserve happiness, or they deserve any pain they get. I don't. I, why should I have compassion for someone who's obviously doing harm in the world? Yeah. And then, um, and then the this you know the enlightened beings come come along and they say, well, hey, you know that's that's fine. You know, if you want to continue suffering, continue to think like that, mm-hmm. but. If you want to become a Buddha, you got a problem. You, there's a problem. You ha, you have a problem, and that's you can't open your heart to one person. <laughs> then you're it's, it's you're you're blocked. So you just run is, out of runway. Yeah, yeah. You run out. That's a great. You run out of runway. So yeah, how do we deal with that? I guess Kamala Sheila is going to uh, give us advice on how to deal with that. Yeah. Another thing that sort of popped for me said uh, you know when when these seeds of compassion are planted in, in your mind like this germination will be swift proper and complete mm-hmm. and i think it was in the very introduction or maybe in the first uh, chapter there again it was like if you do this and you're intelligent and you and you do it you get these results you know omniscience yeah. you know and and your 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 equanimity will be swift proper and complete yeah. Just just develop compassion like this. And... Yeah, and even if you don't, you know, if you, you think this whole idea of being fully awakened is, uh, you know, something lofty and unattainable, mm-hmm. uh, the benefit of, like, soaking the mind with these kind thoughts towards other people, the benefit of that just appears in all situations. People enjoy being around you, mm-hmm. you know, um, People feel safe around you. Animals feel safe around you. Right. And I, well, I like, I love the the idea of everywhere we go, we create an environment, whether we know it or not. Like I, mm. we walk into a room, we may not be aware. I think most of us aren't aware that we create an environment. Just in the same way that when you're in a room and someone else walks in, you notice there's a shift. And some people, we we're happy when they arrive. Others were not so happy when they arrive. Mm-hmm. And uh, how about becoming the person that you walk in their room and uh, it's, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome there. And that's, if you, if you're working on your kindness and compassion uh, and you know, equanimity, and you're starting to see uh, the equal nature of all beings, uh, what happens is you're, you're not judgmental. You're not opinionated. You're accepting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you've been meditating, you're a good listener, so you're good company. Yeah. You're good company. And a smile is free. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then there's sort of the idea of, you know, impermanence that goes in there, too. Like, you know, your your friend is not guaranteed to be your friend for life. I think we all know that. But to say that an enemy can change into a friend, that that's a little more rare, I think, perhaps. Yeah, but I think he's saying that there's there's this, in the Dalai Lama was saying there's this unreliability of relationships, and then if you want to throw in past lives into the mix, well, that's a whole different other thing. Yeah, and I think that's. Well, I don't know. You know, I think that's the only way you can do it, it to actually make it complete. Mm-hmm. Is you have to entertain past and future lives. You, how can you, if you just think this, there's this one life and everybody's living this one life, how could you have equanimity for all sentient beings? And how could you 
you know, view, well, they, they, they ask us to view all beings as having been our mother mm-hmm. amongst other things. I think the Buddha, one of his famous sayings is like the amount of times that you've been uh, a dog <laughs> is like equal to the amount of grains of sand on the earth or something like using phrases like that to try and get the mind around what an eon is, you know, and that, and that, uh, well, beings, there's a finite number of beings. That's the thing. It's, mm-hmm. we, we've all, we didn't start and we didn't stop. We, we didn't start so we can't stop as a, as a being, like not, not the John, that's certainly going to go. But the, uh, so it's not like we're being produced. There's no factor like producing beings. And so it's interesting. Here comes an old soul, right? Yeah. Here comes in. We're all old souls. And so if there's an infinite number of beings and we're lived infinite number of lives and we've all been everything to each other countless times, according to Buddha, which is really difficult to get the mind around. And so this person that we may have really bad feelings towards, they may have been our mother countless times or our wife or our husband or our dog or, you know. Yeah. And there's this idea of, you made me think about, so there, there was a time in the world when there were maybe 10 million people. I don't know when that was. Let's just say it was, you know, the year 1000 or something. And now we're up to 8 billion so it seems to me that from a evolutionary standpoint, as far as consciousness is going, we're evolving up from everybody being a dog or a dinosaur or a bird of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, that consciousness is kind of allowing for more humans uh, to arrive into the, the, the human container. Um, yeah, I don't know. On this planet anyways. On this planet, yeah. Who knows? Maybe yeah. we're from other planets. <laughs> right. Right. A lot of people who believe that. <laughs> yeah. 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 All sentient beings in all directions. Yeah. Whew. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. You know, and uh so ah uh, yeah, it's just it's this world of getting off like as long as we you know blame other people for any negative thing that's going on in our life. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very hard to have equanimity towards these people. Yeah. Or I think maybe even harder is the opposite. You know, these people that make us feel good, we have more compassion for yes. them yes. generally. It's just the kind of a given, you know. But it's, you know, this again is good practice. This is such a classic, right, meditation technique. Um, we see it all the time in Buddhism. I'm surprised it's not in other uh, religions. Because Jesus certainly was kind of a guy like, hey, we're all the same, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, he was known for, uh, like, doing the opposite of what everybody expected him to do. <laughs> you know, like, you know, wel- welcome the taxpayer into your, I mean, the tax collector into your house. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? The, the dude's yeah. evil. Yeah, like, or there was some beat up guy beat up on the road and everyone was passing him by because he wasn't of their tribe. And he, he, you know, stooped down to help him. Yeah, like he... Seem to really teach by story and example. Hmm. Yeah. So, what do, you, what do you think of this idea of an enemy turning into a friend? Has that ever happened to you in your life? It, yeah, it has. I, I, it has. It's happened. Um, where 
it's happened and it's well i can tell you that uh i guess an enemy is enemy is maybe a, a far a far well it's interesting so in buddhist terms they have like friend foe or like enemy an enemy in buddhism is like that's a very broad term mm-hmm. enemy could be just someone who you you don't like or don't want to be around or have enmity for towards and uh, for me uh you know my father mm-hmm. you know uh you could say for a while in my life it was very hard for me to be around him it was very hard for me to f- have anything positive to think about him mm-hmm. uh and that certainly changed where uh we then became after i worked on uh, myself uh Interestingly enough, me working on myself appeared to change him, which is right. uh, interesting. But we definitely became uh, friends in a way that we never were. Right. We met. We, we met in a way we, didn't, we never. And uh, you know, I've. That's I think my most extreme example uh, from my life. Yeah. Yeah. There, well, there's I think, and it's here in the text, right? To see. This idea, if you're struggling with this, I can say this for myself, to realize that everyone wants to be happy. They're trying to avoid misery, too. They just might not have the same tools that you have. So you, your compassion can grow when you see that other people are miserable, even though you might be part of their miser- misery drama. You yeah. know, you can see that there's suffering within that and, and that they, they want to be free from suffering. And that can help sort of see that the, that the idea that we're all the same and we're all struggling through this and it's doesn't even have to be buddhist you know to think about yeah. that that's that's something that everyone can can relate to yeah yeah definitely and i think we're going to get to that in later in the book too where he's i think it's in the suffering end of things where mm-hmm. he's just you know if when you get your head around that whole idea of all pervasive suffering then everyone's included in yeah. suffering in this certain way yeah. and uh you know, until you're out of that realm of suffering or out of samsara, then everyone's kind of in the same boat, experiencing this. Uh, well, the three sufferings. We can, we may save that for later because it's a part of this part of the talk on uh, understanding suffering. But it's a you know it all, it all plays in like to understanding how people suffer and how they all want to be happy. Just totally plays in at every level. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking before we started here about um, meditation and how if you're starting out, it, it can be uh, uh, daunting, it can seem boring, it can be all of these things. And and uh, I've never tried this, but I think I'm going to do this the next time I sit, is, is visualize this idea of moistening the mental continuum with the water of loving kindness and just, just run with those metaphors. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it'd be a beautiful thing. Yeah, like this whole idea... Well, the mind is like a is like a sponge, right? Mm-hmm. How many times have you uh, been reading a book or watching a movie, and then you, you at night you dream, and it's like you're reliving, you have a nightmare or something about something scary that you watched, or you know, it's like it pops back out. Yeah, you know, um, and this whole idea of, you know, if we have a mind that is soaked with, you know. It's your fault, right? Blame, <laughs> like it's like this garden, right? And so hate and blame sows hate and blame, and it grows. 
and then this is this is the reality that we're living in because the reality we're living in is the reality our mind is presenting to us so it just bounces back and then you're in this cycle where it just continues because it keeps bouncing back but then here they're saying well you want to get out of that cycle moisten like you said what if what if we're thinking doing our best and it's not easy at first equanimity and love and compassion towards other beings those are the seeds that you're and that they grow and they come back and they and then slowly the cycle uh it snowballs and it becomes easier and easier and easier but it, we have to start at some point yeah i think um what i think is interesting about this at this point you have this you know national it's this world heavyweight Kamala Sheila writes this text mm-hmm. and we're you know we're quite a bit into the book we haven't even gotten any instruction yet about meditation it's like stages of meditation and right now he's just like get your mind sorted out get 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 your feelings sorted out <laughs> towards other people yeah before you know i guess what he's saying is before you can get real traction you're gonna have to sort this equanimity thing out that's what i'm getting from this too yeah yeah and and just the compassion like work on this and don't even you know think that you're gonna get any meditation uh you know traction like you're saying yeah until until this is really really solid yeah yeah and that might not be something that's so uh easy you know because it would be that's why they're kind to us in a way they say you know uh think of someone if you're going to meditation and think of someone really close to you mm-hmm. and then imagine or especially if they're suffering right and then get your get your heart going get your heart going towards someone who's close to you and like that's your meditation forget about figuring out the emptiness of all phenomena forget about you know trying to actually maintain some kind of focus on your breath just put someone in front of you that you're at love mm-hmm. and they're suffering and you can't stand it and feel how that feels right and then use that movement of the heart get get used to that movement of the heart because that's the movement of the heart that's supposed to be there with everyone like yeah. you walk into the store or someone approaches you and you're like like the buddhists say like you, they're your only child and you're like oh well, you know what can i do for you and yeah. you're seeing them oh you know what can i do for you and and this uh loving kindness that leads to compassion that just doesn't want anyone to suffer and is lamenting that they are is just a beautiful environment for this the seeds to grow in as you softening right you're softening maybe maybe it's a nice way to think of it as the before that the earth is you know rigid and hard like uh like, like caked mud or something like hardened mud and then you're just like softening it mm-hmm. watering it and you're getting more more pliable and then the you know the wisdom of loving kindness gets to really permeate the deep ground as you just go after it go after it go after it uh and i think uh he's also saying um that might be even be later but he's saying uh not just in meditation it's supposed to be meditate on it but then try it all day yeah yeah 
Yeah, I like that this is kind of a proactive approach. You're you're not right. sitting waiting around for something to happen to you to arouse your compassion. It's something that you're actively doing. You're actively, you know, cultivating your mind to do, and you're thinking about it uh, every moment when you're off the cushion, so to speak. So you're kind of primed and ready. Yeah, like the Dalai Lama in his book, it was saying that if uh, if you want to speed up your pro the, the process of your enlightenment, then, like you just said, every day, all day, off of the cushion, really doing your best to have this feeling of loving kindness towards all these beings. And if you can't do that, it's an obstacle to your meditation. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? How it's directly mm -hmm. related to your meditation. Yeah, and that's why, like you're saying, we're, we're not going to get to meditation until we're halfway through this book here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of meditation, maybe this is a good time to sure. drop into one. So, yeah, we can do one on, uh, is it we're going to do uh, equanimity right now or loving kindness or both? Um, I guess. I think the equanimity, the one. Equanimity. You think of the friend and the. Yeah. And the, yeah okay. Thing. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. So wherever you are, do your best to become comfortable, lying down, sitting up. And a nice way to approach, you know, this kind of meditation or any kind of meditation is uh, you kind of give it the posture it deserves in a way. So... You know, like, uh, this may be, sound funny, but you you stand at attention for the queen that she claimed. <laughs> so you're like sitting up uh, in attention to this uh, beautiful opportunity to cultivate the mind, right? So you kind of give it what it deserves. So you can think of having a nice, upright, straight back as much as possible. which hopefully will give you this feeling of the heart lifted. And at the same time, you exhale into this relaxed shoulders, soft face, gentle smile. And you can begin to be that environment that we were talking about earlier. Be the environment, create that environment of soft, effortless, gentle. Let's just take just a few rounds of breath just to uh, get clarity in the attention. Pay attention to the breath at the nostrils. Just watch it there.
So now, call to mind someone in your life that you would call uh, a neutral person, someone who you don't have any particular feelings for. Maybe this is someone that you see once in a while. Maybe they're someone you see in the store or as you commute or a neighbor. Try to see them very clearly in your mind. And then as you gaze upon them, think that just exactly like you, like you yourself, they want to be happy. They want to be happy and they don't want to suffer. No matter how they appear to be living their life, they want happiness and they want to avoid suffering. And get this sense of how this makes you equal. It's not based, your, your equality is not based on gender. It's not based on personality. It's not based on uh, race. It's not based on economics. It's not based on anything at all other than the fact that this being sitting across from me does not want to suffer and they want to be happy. And just engage with them in that way for a few more minutes, a few more moments. And then let this uh, neutral person fade back into awareness and then uh, bring in what in Buddhism they would call a friend. So uh, this could be a, you know, a friend. It could be a really close friend. It could be a loved one. It could be a family member, but someone who um, it's natural and easy for you to feel uh, love for or see as equal. So whoever this person is for you, just notice that just like the neutral person, just like yourself, this friend, they don't want to suffer. They don't like suffering. They like happiness. They want to be happy. And so they are equal to you, and they are equal to the neutral person. They're all equal. No one is higher or lower in this. And engage with this person in this way. Just view them, see them with this equality. Now, let them fade back into awareness. Now we bring in what possibly may be more challenging. 
Buddhism calls it a foe, an enemy. So here, someone who you'd rather not be around. And if you don't have any of those in your life, you know, um, it could be anyone that could be a historical figure, could be someone who's in the news, you know, that you don't know. But someone who brings up feelings of, uh, you know, you don't, you're not too interested in their happiness so much. And C, just like you, just like the neutral person, just like your loved, loved one, a close friend, they too, they want happiness. They don't want to suffer. no matter how they're living their life, they don't want to suffer. They don't, and they want to be happy. So remember, at this, this point of the Kamala Shila's practice here, we're not even going to the loving kindness yet, in a, in a sense. We're just trying to see them as equal. We're equalizing, equalizing. And then let them fade back into awareness. And now we go to the next step, which is all sentient beings. Now, all friends, all foes, all neutral. And use your capacity of imagination to imagine beings as far as you can imagine, like sesame seeds filling a, a jar, but just expansive in all 10 directions, below, above, behind, to the sides. And every single one of those sentient beings all want to be happy. And they all want to avoid pain. They all want to avoid suffering. Every single one. And so in that, you are all equal the great equalizer, and really engage with this. Try to feel that expansive equality. What a relief. Just try to hold that. Try to engage with that in your mind as best you can without distraction. And then let that kind of elaborate vision fade back into awareness. And then the next step. It's always a nice way to finish. Let's, de let's dedicate our efforts. So decide that uh, your efforts to develop equanimity in your mind is radiating in your heart, this golden jewel, you know, and it's brim brimming over at the heart as you're moistening the soil of the mind with this equanimity. And it fills your body 
spills out of your body and then sending it out in rays of light and you're dedicating this practice and you wish may all sentient beings have equanimity. May they all reach perfect equanimity for each other. So you like you give away the goodness of your practice to all these beings that you see in your mind and imagine that it happens and res- rejoice in the result. Rejoice in the result. And then let that light withdraw back into the body, back into the heart, and then simply sit uncontrived for a few moments, noticing the feeling at the heart. And then taking your time, coming out of the meditation. And as you're, uh, you know, emerging from the meditation, you can have, make yourself a, like a resolution or a little promise, you know. Uh, you can imagine yourself going into the, the next store you're going into, you know. Maybe it's going to be the Home Depot. <laughs> He's like, okay, at the front door, I'm going to stop for a moment and I'm going to, okay, every single being in there, whether they're shopping for measuring tapes or whether they work behind the till, they all want to be happy. They all want to avoid pain and then walk in the door and see see what happens. This is what this is what Kamala Sheila is saying. Off the cushion, best you can, get equal. Good medicine.